0: You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network.
1: And welcome back. I am Heather Carroll,
0: And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald.
1: And we're your hosts this morning broadcasting from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for listening. We've had a great show and just had a great conversation with Maggie Price yep. and Jacob Fisher. Yep. So, I have to do a disclaimer, Dr. Bergwald. Please. Um, Therese has been with RPR for a long yeah. time. She pretty much grew up at RPR. Yep. And she has moved on to other things. Last week was her last I week. I know. So, I'm telling this to the listeners because they search out our podcasts, and those are now my responsibility.
2: I So, folks, be patient. I'm behind. <laughs> Therese, we need you. Oh, wait. I mean. mean,
1: Heather has a lot of hats right now. So um, just please be patient, and I will try and get them up as soon as possible. But that last conversation with Maggie and Jacob was priceless.
2: So, no pun intended. Uh, Maggie. Price. Price. Um, (laughs) What's the website, again, if people want to watch any of the segments or how do they find the podcast all those
1: realpresenceradio.com or you can download our free app or you can get the podcast wherever you get your podcast just look up real presence live
2: real presence Live, great so, yeah.
1: father christensen are you on with good us good morning
2: hey father chris bergwald here nice to meet you from eastern south dakota
3: good morning chris
2: so there's a
1: lot going on, and folks know who you are. Father Christensen, you used to host with us regularly, and life has gotten a little busy for you.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got plenty going on around here at the cathedral. <laughs> well, for those um, that don't know you, Father Christensen, why don't you introduce yourself just briefly?
3: Yeah, no, Father Brian Christensen, pastor here at the cathedral of Our Lady Perpetual Health in Rapid City, South Dakota. I'm this. Beautiful fall day here in the Black Hills. I'm also uh, the pastor of St. Michael's, about 20 miles south of here in Hermosa, and I get to pastor the Newman Center here at the School of Mines and Technology, also here in Rapid City. So uh, just a lot of wonderful
2: opportunities to serve the Lord.
1: Wow. So we should... yes. It's like they're like, oh, what else can we get him to do? Exactly,
2: yeah. (laughs) Rector of the Cathedral, pastor, campus ministry. Uh, Father, I've... um I've never thought to ask this question before. Uh, I hope you're able to answer it, but you might not be able to. Um, What's the the history of, uh, so again, it's the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help. Can you tell me and our listeners, if you know, um, how that came to to be the title by which Mary is the um, patron for the Cathedral of Rapid City?
3: Yeah, no, it's it's a great story. You know, the diocese of Rapid City started in uh, 1902 up in Leeds, with the C in Leeds, South Dakota, the mining town and St. Patrick's as our patron. And then in the middle 1930s, 1936, I think the diocese was transferred to Rapid City at Immaculate Conception Church, which was in existence here on Fifth Street, and uh, some people call it the Old Cathedral still today. On the building here began 1960 under Bishop McCarty, who was a Redemptress, and the Redemptress had been entrusted since the late 1800s uh, with the icon of Our Lady Perpetual Health uh. of St. Alphonsus Church in Rome. So they're the custodians of the original icon, and they have a great devotion and spread that devotion around the world. So when Bishop McCarty had the opportunity to build a cathedral here in Rapid City, being a Redemptress. Um, He promoted uh, the devotion and the patroness, uh, Our Lady of Perpetual Help for our Diocese West River.
2: That's a great story, so can and in case maybe Catholics just don't know uh, anything about early perpetual help or maybe folks who are listening uh, who aren't Catholic definitely probably wouldn't know anything about early perpetual help can you give us the nutshell version of, of of this particular devotion anything about the icon anything like that just to help us understand a little bit more about who she is under this title
3: yeah the uh, the icon uh, is originally from Crete uh, from the 12th century, 1100, um, and uh, some people say that it was exported to Italy by some merchants. Other people say it was stolen by some <laughs> <Italian> merchants. <laughs> so there's some debate on its, uh, you know, its movement. But in any case, it made its way to Italy and eventually to Rome, um, and uh, and came under the custody of uh, of the Redemptress. Now, the image itself is Our Lady looking out. Um, at uh, everyone, at her children, holding her child, Jesus. And Jesus is in her arms looking up at two angels, uh, Michael and Gabriel, who are holding instruments of his passion. So they have the, the cross, the nails, the crown, um, um, the, 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 the reed with the sponge on. So Jesus is kind of looking up there, at uh, these images of his passion, and he runs his mother for help for protection, um, and we see that uh, he has run there because one of his sandals is dangling mm-hmm. from his feet. Ah. So um, Mary looks out at us and offers us her son and, and and herself as a place of refuge uh, of help for Christians. So um, yeah, um, it's really a beautiful image. Now the image here is uh, ginormous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, was <gonna> ask. <laughs> I was gonna say I is the I original that, that big
3: <laughs> yeah no the
1: original is you know like uh,
3: 18 by 24 or
0: something oh. like that
3: like um you know relatively small and but what fish mccarty had done is it was commissioned there in europe and in italy i believe and then it was touched to the original before it was shipped over here to be installed so there's that both the, the connection there to the devotion
2: of Our Lady and the original icon itself. So, Father, I'm just realizing as you, as you were talking about all of this, I just have connected some dots. So I... Um, some of our listeners might know, I, I did my graduate studies in Rome as a layman. I studied the Angelicum, and I lived... Well, it doesn't matter where I lived in Rome. Did you guys but, meet but, over there? Germain, no. Well, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. Um, but the, the, the parish... <laughs> My second and third year in Rome, the parish that I would often go to is the church of St. Alphonsus Liguri that has the original icon in it. I just realized this sounds really familiar. And yeah, that's the parish that I went to uh, because they often had uh, Mass in English and Filipino, actually. Yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's
3: very true. You know, uh, and it's uh, it's an odd church for Rome because most of uh, Rome was, you know, Came under
2: Renaissance and Baroque. Yeah, it got
3: yeah. Baroque, it got Baroque, but uh, yeah, the the so there is still very uh, Gothic.
2: Side. It is. Yeah, it's a beautiful church. Beautiful church mm-hmm. near Saint, Saint Mary Major. If folks are ever in Rome, so. Yeah.
1: Well, so I grew up at the cathedral, as many of you know, listening. I grew up at the cathedral in Rapid City, and I have been following very closely, Father Brian, all of the Facebook posts of the cathedral and the renovations. Can you give us an update on how things are going, what's going on now?
3: Yeah, no, we're very excited. I just took a little stroll around the property today. Um, For your listeners out there, the Cathedral of Our Lady Perpetual Health um, is adding about 11,000 square feet of new, new entryway, handicapped accessible bathrooms, a new kitchen and a parish hall that will seat about 400, 450 people, um, all on our upper level on our south side of the cathedral. So it's an extensive project that's been in the works for, for many years, even predating uh, my arrival here in 2017. Um, but we finally uh, put a shovel in the ground uh, on May seventh, which is was the 59th anniversary of the dedication of Our Lady of Perpetual Health here in mm-hmm. Rapid City. So, okay. put a shovel in the ground, and we've been going since May uh, on our project, uh, and so it's very, very exciting. Part of that project means, you know, for those who are familiar with our area, if you're not, we had a beautiful baptistry um, that was a separate building connected mm-hmm. by a hallway to the cathedral. And that baptistry was also on the south side, so we ended up um, having to relocate or translocate the baptistry from the south side uh, to the north side. Really, just rebuilding it, recreating it um, in a mirror image from the south to the north side. So that's been a painstaking um, undertaking because of the intricacies of the baptistry itself. It was all marble glass windows, mosaic decorations, mm-hmm. um, just really a beautiful, beautiful structure that we're um, relocating and recreating yeah. um, on the well, north side.
1: And it brought me great joy to see that, that that was being done because that was my my only thought when, you, when I saw the plans to add on. I'm like, but where's the baptistry? Where's that? So to see that it's being yeah. taken so, care of and loved as much as we love it is great to see. It's a very emotional part it of our It is! Because so
3: many people <laughs> were baptized there. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I was, my daughter dance, was. Dance yeah. yeah, so three generations of baptisms in there. So, uh, yeah, yeah, very sentimental, very beautiful, and uh, I think unique in the structure of it, um, because it, it was still, remember, right, during the Council, the Second Vatican Council, but the architecture uh, here... Um one is well, very modern. The cathedral has a very modern sense to it, but mm-hmm. also with very traditional touches to it. And one of those traditional touches is the, the the baptistry itself because it was built like in the fourth century style, like a detached building where people entered into the church through baptism, then they joined the larger community in worship. Mm-hmm. People just didn't work into walk into churches like we do today, kind of to be part right. of the community or to check things out or to the artists, they, they came to worship God, but those who could worship God were first baptized. So the baptism, baptismal font and the baptistry itself were separate structures.
1: Yeah, mm. beautiful. So, what's the estimated <clears throat> finish date on
4: that? Um <laughs> your blankets, uh... Yeah, <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, uh,
3: it's moving right along. Uh, So the uh, estimated time for the hall itself should be um, about a year from now, next September. Um, And then um, we're also, as part of that, you know, we need, our current hall and kitchen is in the basement of the cathedral, and so we need more space for catechesis. We have a growing program of catechesis of the Good Shepherd, so we're building atriums down there. Uh, meeting rooms, and and, and our Knights of Columbus have moved back here. So we're locating all of that catechesis, faith formation, meeting rooms, Knights of Columbus Hall in our cathedral basement. Um, And that renovation will take place, um, and that should all be completed by next November. Um, Yeah, so we have a year-plus ahead of us.
2: All right.
1: Well, folks, we need to take a quick break. Um, Father Brian, I haven't even gotten to the reason we have you on today. (laughs) We'll (laughs) get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) So stay with us through the break, folks. More Real Presence Live and Father Brian Christensen on the other side. We'll be right back.
0: This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.
1: Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Di Filippis of St. Luke Productions.
4: The event of Christianity. We have come to believe in God's love. In these words, the Christian can express the fundamental decision of his life being christian is not the result of an ethical choice or a lofty idea but the encounter with an event a person which gives life a new horizon and a decisive direction saint john's gospel describes that event in these words god so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should have eternal life In acknowledging the centrality of love, Christian faith has retained the core of Israel's faith, while at the same time giving it new depth and breadth. The pious Jew prayed daily in the words of the book of Deuteronomy, which expressed the heart of his existence. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Jesus united into a single precept. This commandment of love for God and the commandment of love for neighbor found in the book of Leviticus. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Since God has first loved us, love is now no longer a mere command. It is the response to the gift of love with which God draws near to us.
1: This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com.
0: This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show.
1: And welcome back. I am Heather Carroll. And I'm
0: Dr. Chris Bergwald. And you're
1: listening to Real Presence Live, and we are chatting with Father Brian Christensen out of Rapid City, uh, just kind of getting an update on the cathedral and some of the programs. We haven't gotten to that part yet. But, Father, um, before I move on from the renovation of the cathedral, um, if people wanted to keep up with the progress on that, where can they go? And also, if people wanted to help contribute, to the building of that, where can they go?
3: Yeah, no, the, our cathedral website is cathedralolph.org and there's a little donate uh, button there on, on our cathedral our website, also some pictures. Our Facebook page, um, Cathedral OLPH, in the Facebook, uh, if you search that, it comes up pretty quickly. Uh, you can see up-to-date photos that we have, including some great um, every two or three weeks we get some great aerial photos so you can see the overall construction of what's going on. Um, so, uh, yeah, both our Facebook page, our Instagram page and then our cathedral website page has beautiful updates on the project, uh, uh, ongoing photos and an opportunity to contribute to this uh, really I think wonderful project that manifests, you know, our desire for what being welcoming, inviting and really embracing people into
1: the life of of Christ. Mm. Yeah. All right. So let's move on, because I was looking at the diocesan web, or not the diocesan, the cathedral's website, and I was reading about some of the groups that you have. So you have Ah. Cathedral Connect (laughs) groups. Can you explain what those are a little bit?
2: (laughs) Yeah, you know, uh,
3: you're you're asking me at a great time, because we've been... Planning, thinking, praying, organizing, strategizing, um, praying, <laughs> lots of that, um, to really bring people together in what traditionally people have called, like, small faith families or small faith groups or whatever, mm-hmm. um, um, and we've been really looking at the Sunday and Monday, we've had our first three, um, gatherings uh, of, of faith, uh, connect groups, and, uh, at people's homes, and we've had over 100 people participate in those those, uh, three nights. We have another one coming up uh, tomorrow night, Thursday evening. So the Connect groups uh, are meant to do that. They're meant to connect people um, in faith um, in a relatively informal setting and outside the kind of boundaries of the church building itself. So Connect groups are hosted by... A host families in their homes. Um, they're uh, open to 30 to 40 people on any given uh, night of the week that they determine and people figure out. And the structure of it is the potluck meal. You know, people come together, have a potluck meal. Uh, there's time for socializing and fellowship during that time. Uh, there's a time for uh, a personal witness. How is God working in my life? So one person is chosen each time that the connected gathers, and they're given a heads-up, like, hey, next month, would you be the person to give the witness? Uh, and it's about five, maybe uh, seven, ten minutes max um, in length. Um, then people have the opportunity to break out into small groups to discuss, you know, what, how that witness of Christ life or the work of God in life uh, was working, and then to come back together and to kind of share, to do some intercessory prayer together, uh, and call in the night. Uh, so the whole night Um, Is about an hour and a half, and that's how it's designated. And uh, yeah, from the first report, I'm super enjoyable, very and and, you know enlightening, and and really you know joy-filled evening for families young and old. So that was great. That's
1: awesome. That's awesome. Well, and I I love to talk about new groups and new things going on at parishes that maybe other parishes might find it interesting and maybe kind of copy. But one other thing I wanted to do is there's a new title for your faith formation, Faith on Fire, which I think is interesting because our diocese is doing set set ablaze, and so there's like a fire theme going on. So is there changes (laughs) to the faith formation to the cathedral?
3: Um, Yes, slightly. I, I mean, I think part of it was for years and years we were using the Generations of Faith model Mm-hmm. And that, that comes out of a particular um, ministry in the Church that is called Generations of Faith, and they have um, catechetical materials that try to bring um, families together, and people of all ages to enter into that um, process of faith formation. Um, and he's, over the years, um, really abandoned the actual Generations of Faith uh, materials while still trying to keep families together on a faith formation night, which is our Wednesday evening, um, having all families come together, all ages come together. So we've really broken out into the age-appropriate areas for adults, for teens, uh, for elementary school, and for our youngest children um, using different materials. So we just thought, one, the integrity of Generations of Faith, you know, um, that we're not using their materials anymore, so we probably shouldn't use their name. And, and secondly... Um, we, are, we are looking to continue lifelong faith formation for all ages. So we didn't want to abandon that concept, which has been successful here, um, and we have a tremendous number of adults that are gathered on, um, on our Wednesday evening faith formation nights, so we're faith on fire now. Um, and also, we are looking, you know, you know, seriously every day, and we have been for years. Where's the Holy Spirit leading us? Where's the Holy Spirit? We want to get on board with the Holy Spirit we're not, we don't want the Holy Spirit to invite us, or we don't want to invite the Holy Spirit into what we're doing. He wants to enter into where the Holy Spirit is leading us. And so the faith on fire reflects that desire um, to really be aflame with the grace and power of the Holy Spirit and follow the direction of, of God's plan for our, us and for our parish family.
2: Father, what led you to discern that? Uh, the connect groups uh, I, I'm really I, I, I love a small group model I'm just curious what sort of prompted you to uh, discern that as maybe where the spirit was leading you
3: yeah Chris if uh, you and our listeners are familiar uh, several years back a, a priest put in the book Divine Renovations by yeah. James Mouth yeah. into my hands and for so a while I didn't read it it was just like another one of these trendy kind of books about <laughs> yeah. you know what yeah. And finally, kept asking me questions about it, uh, my priest buddy, and I uh, said, "Okay, well." So one day, I re- started to read it, and then I didn't put it out. I read the whole thing, and in the evening, and I was deeply, you know, moved by that because so much of what um, Father Mallon talks about there um, is what was really written in my own heart, my pastoral experience, and my desire to serve the Lord and to bring Christ to others. So part of his uh, part of his approach was these connect groups. Because you said, you know, some of the, you know, what we always talk about is a paradigm shift, right? Yep. <laughs> um, You know, it's no longer people, you know, grow up in the Catholic culture where we believe, then we um, feel like we, uh, well, we belong, and well, we believe what we said, then we behave, and then we belong. You said, really, belonging is the first thing. People need to know that they're welcomed and embraced. Then they'll start to, you know, believe, wonder what, why do you guys do this? And then they'll start to live that way, live a Christian life. So Amen. So that belonging um, in, is an important part, and connect groups provide that belonging to a Christian community and supported by a Christian people that now will know me um, mm. uh, in, a, in, in a wonderful way.
2: Beautiful. Thank you, Father.
1: Father Christensen, it's always good to catch up with you. Thanks for joining us today.
3: Hey, great to be with you. God bless. All
1: you right, too, Father. God Thanks. Bless. Bye. <coughs> Alright, so that was Father Christensen out of the Rapid City Diocese. Uh, he used to host with us, and he's a little busy now.
2: A little busy. I'm <laughs> so
1: sympathetic to always, that. Always good to hear from him, but um, that kind of wraps up our show, so we're going to head on over to Fargo. Up.
2: Up. We're heading
1: up. Yeah, head up. up. He- head up head up north. Head up north to Fargo. Yes, to Rachel. <laughs> Rachel's going to give us tomorrow's preview. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, Rachel. How's it going? Uh, great. great. She's like, it was going good <laughs> until the last 30 seconds. <laughs> what have we got going on tomorrow? Yeah, so on the next We're Presence Live Thursday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, Monsignor Patrick Schumacher is your host, coming to you live from Corpus Christi Church in Bismarck, North Dakota. He'll be talking with David Moser about his t shirt company, One Biker in Christ. And Steve Ray will be on to talk about the Book of Genesis. All this and much more is coming on the next Represence Live Thursday from nine to eleven a.m. Central. Back to you. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Rachel. Rachel. So, end of our show.
2: Last thoughts. Um, I yeah, I I wish. I saw you taking notes. Well, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All the it's always like the last one was always the best, but I I, I loved how we start with Rhonda. really right. enjoyed our conversation it was set ablaze it was great to have maggie and jacob here mm-hmm. and then father christensen was just a great way to to end today and yeah and I, and I, I guess specifically i loved the whole thing not about inviting the holy spirit into what we're doing but trying to enter into what the spirit is doing
1: i love that approach
2: let the lord lead right you know, so often i just want to lead and lord yeah. bless what i'm doing no yeah Lord, what do you want me to do because i know that you're in that so
1: yeah and then not be a default. Mm, exactly. An, an accident. Like, God's like, oh, and I have to clean up this mess now. <laughs>
2: he says that to me often. <laughs> he does not, Heather, but <laughs> we will have time to get into that, unfortunately. Yeah,
1: I thought it was a great show. And, folks, again, we have our podcasts hopefully up by the end of the week. <laughs> by the end of the get month. stick, Heather. <laughs> Um, Just be patient with us. But we do get our podcasts up and you can listen to any of our great interviews we've had today. Um, Lots of information there today. Um, But go to realpresenceradio.com or you can go download our app. It is free or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you Dr. Bergwald for hosting with me this. You spring. bet. Heather. It was
2: good to see you again. It
1: was good. It's been too long. It has. And we'll be back. Are we coming back in December?
2: We will be back in December. Yay. Yep.
1: All right folks, hope you have a blessed rest of your day and we'll talk to you later.
2: God bless.